Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Free on Free podcast. Scott here. David's off gallivanting, Judith Chalmers, and unfortunately, Mr. Williams is still ill. Best wishes to him, but the podcast still goes on and I have three guests for you tonight. Joining me tonight is Dom Bate. How are you, Dom? I'm good, thanks, Scott. And you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, we thanks have... for having me on again. No problem, no problem. We have Rosh Jardin in, up in, well, Falkirk, ain't you? Yep, that was great pronunciation as well. well I know, done. I know you'd like that one. And uh, Lewis Callant, how are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. Good to see you boys again. Thanks for having me on. No problem, no problem. So, highlights. We'll have a highlight. Don, what's yours? Well, I'm probably stealing Rossi's thunder a little bit here, but I've got to go with with the Gary Haddon uh, shenanigans on Twitter. It's been a fun, a fun watch over the weekend. Um, yeah. Very, very, very good. Ross? Gary Hidden, obviously. Well, you know, you might have something else. You know, you usually surprise us with your your quirps. And, uh, you know, you've got to behave yourself after your Twitter ban. Well, I did kind of get capped for the Gary Hayden stuff. So I missed half of my own shenanigans. I just no. wound it up and let it go. And Lewis? Yeah, probably say the Gary Hayden stuff. It's been fun to see the Elite League Twitter um, having a bit of a laugh and a joke about something, not being too serious. Um, and I personally would go with the Blaze. Um, a nice win against Guildford after losing to the clan. A nice win in the midweek game as well. So, yeah, um, been a, a nice week. My highlight is the comeback performance against the Flames. It was a, a Blaze team a showing that the fans like to see everyone working hard, chipping in, and a good win against a, a good Guildford side. So, topics. We had a Tom Darnell on last week's episode. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed doing that episode. Tom Tom's great. He, he he says it how he thinks. I love the way he went from not caring to caring by the end of the episode. And I know he splits the pen, opinion between the fan bases. We'll start with you, Dom, who you've had some uh, thoughts on Darnell in the past. But what did you think of the episode? And um. I I struggled with it at the start, uh, I must admit. The first 10, 15 minutes, I I almost turned it off because I thought it was a bit me, me, me about Tom. Um, He came across as a little bit arrogant, but maybe that was my preconceived judgment of him anyway, because I always thought he was quite uh, arrogant the way he refed games. Um, But I stuck with it and I thought it got better and better. And I was, you know, he, he had some really, he made some really, really good points about, um, I thought his points on the instigator rule were, were spot on. Um, I thought his points that he made on how how he liked to ref a game, um, how he, you know, had a um, a view of certain players, um, you know, if they were a bit chippy to him, he probably would give them less, but he had... The, the perhaps some British players who we knew better, who, um, you know, he respected, and if they gave him their opinion on something, he listened a little bit more to them. Um, so that was that was interesting to hear. Um, I also thought that his point on the yeah the league the league 
not calling him, not tapping into his knowledge since he left, that is a big, big wasted opportunity for such an, an experienced guy. Um, yeah, I, I think that's something that the league should be looking into. And he had some really good ideas on how to get a pathway for refs into the league and where where they could be looking for new people. Because we, we know we're always struggling for officials. Um, so, yeah, it got better. I, I still don't like the guy. I still thought he was quite arrogant. And it, and I don't like his accent because he was very Tory. But there we go. I'll, I'll, I started started nasty, got nice in the middle, and then a bit nasty again at the end. So that's me. No, but it, by his own admission, to be a referee, you have to have a, a bit of arrogance about yeah yeah I, I do get i get that i get that i do um i don't know perhaps perhaps i always felt that he was slightly more arrogant towards cardiff and cardiff players but i think you ask any fan in the league and they always think they they get the rough end of the decisions um i just thought with darnell in particular cardiff came off worse more often than they they didn't but yeah a lot spoken, of <laughs> spoken like a true Cardiff Devils fan there, Dom. Ross, <laughs> Ross, you, uh, let's talk about the what you thought about the, the, the piece and about what he said about the refing course. And you've mentioned to us that you are considering going down a, the referee route. You're not looking to become an elite league ref, but what's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. The pathway bit in particular was interesting to me because it's something where um, Darnell had mentioned uh, looking at former players and they're going to be the best to fast track um, the level I would kind of look to do myself is probably no higher than SNL quite honestly having seen the stuff that goes on in Twitter I take my hats off to the rest that can be asked to do it because I don't know Darnell mentioned the fact that he kept his nose squeaky clean on Twitter while he was doing it um, there's not a chance I could do that so um, if I stick to a level where Twitter is minimal, then that would be quite happy for me. The the issue I'm having with it, and it's not a dig at them, it's just ice time availability. Um, it's looking at Sheffield or Elgin. It's looking like it's not likely my options, um, which are pretty much as as far as from each other for me. So, um, it's something I'd like to get involved with. I I don't think I would like to go that high. I've got a couple of mates who are looking to go that level, um. But it's definitely something where we've moaned for years that the pipeline is dry. Um, attracting young officials is difficult. Um, you mentioned the pathway that Kyle Flemington's been on to get to the NHL. Um, but I, I'm absolutely over the moon for a guy like Flemington to go from Murrayfield, which, all due respect, isn't exactly the highest quality of um, place in the world that you could play, to then running lines in Stanley Cup unreal pathway but it's making that more attractive to, to people and Darnell touched on the fact that the refs don't get more than one set of jerseys and stuff and a lot of that is there, there's not as much pay in it as people um, think so it's not overly attractive money wise you have to love the game to want to get involved in it in the first place um, so it was, it was really interesting for me to see Obviously, the game's massively changed since Darnell even retired. Even in the last couple of years, the league looks very different. Um, so, no, it was a great listen. Um, you could have done another three, four, five hours, and I could have listened to a Chicklets episode of that. 
no, I, I agree. Lewis, you, Dan, now as he alluded to, he's, he just spent a lot of time in Coventry. Uh, so you got to see him quite a bit. What did you, what did you think? I, I really enjoyed it. I, I agree to an extent. I think he, there is that air of arrogance, but there's also, I think he was very genuine in what he was saying. And I, I felt from the way he was talking, he was almost like a, a very good spokesperson for probably how a lot of referees run games and do things. And it was interesting to get that sort of insight into the way they think and the way they deal with players and coaches. And he talked a lot about, you know, how it would be good to have more referees mic'd up and and so that fans could hear it. And I think he had some good points about dops and some good insight into how that's ran and how things could be better. And yeah, generally a, a really good good episode and I think it was like Ross has just said you know if that had gone on another hour two hours it would have been still been a good listen I think the pathway stuff with referees was really interesting as well and like I say getting that insight into how the referees think I'm probably different to a lot of fans and obviously me being a Blaze fan but living in Glasgow there's occasions where I'll just go and watch the clan play just because I like hockey and to sort of Dom's point, like when you're a fan, you're very invested and you always think you're getting the shitty end of the stick. And when you watch a game as a neutral, sometimes you're a bit more open and like, well, actually, no, that, that wasn't a penalty or that was a penalty. And you're not as emotionally invested and you can kind of understand why the referees call the game the way they do when you watch as a neutral. So to hear a referee and someone with his level of experience sort of explaining that as well was was really good. And I, I probably would encourage people to try and do that a bit more. Try and watch a game as a neutral and take that passion and emotion out of it. And, you know, I think we could maybe, you know, do they miss calls and things get missed? Yeah, of course they do. And, and that is frustrating. But at the end of the day, they're human and they're working on a very limited budget with a very limited set of resources and, you know, by the sounds of things, a lot could be done to help them a lot more than is being done in the league. Absolutely. Sorry, can I just come back on that point? Totally agree with, with your point in watching games as a as a neutral. And I think one one thing I will say in defence of, of Darnell, when I have watched him ref games that weren't Cardiff games, then yeah, he 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 in the in the in the round, in the large ref them very well so yeah I, I'll hold my hands up totally you, you're over invested as a fan when he's in your game and you do like I said you you do always feel your your team's getting the rough rough end of the stick but I would say nine times out of ten they're probably right in the calls that they make I, I think the perhaps the, the thing that made it worse for me when Darnell refereed games in Cardiff was the arrogance and the fact that I think because he's had beef, he always seemed to get beef in Cardiff with either the fans or the players getting on his back. And I think that made him, him worse. And he kind of alluded to that in, in the chat last week in that he, you know, if he was entering into a place where he'd had a lot of hassle and he'd had players chirping at him all game, then he was less likely to to listen to them. And, and he even said that 
certain guys, he would just say, you're not getting anything off me this game. And uh, yeah, I get that. Everybody's human. But as a fan, that doesn't necessarily make for the best watching. You all should have learned then, shouldn't you? I, but no. Um, yeah, as I said, it, I really enjoyed it. We will revisit it at another point and uh, do another segment with Tom. Uh, thank you, Tom, for joining us. But as we just uh, mentioned about watching games as a neutral and opinions, there was a a non-call in the Sheffield Nottingham game that kind of went all over Twitter, play in the centre ice. Skates come together. There is a stick lift involved. There's awful changes going on. A lot is going on. And I believe Sheffield went and scored off that. Um, uh, Ross, thoughts? I didn't think there was anything in it. Um, People that were coming on the side of Sheffield, that were sorry, Sheffield fans saying that there was stuff in it. You're just trying to look empathetic. Um, If a professional hockey player can't take a tiny bump to his skates and stay on his feet, shouldn't have a professional contract. You take bumps like that all the time. Um, there's an element of refs maybe letting the game flow a little bit, but wasn't a trip. If he's kicked them, can't call him a trip with a with a, the the skate anyway. Um, nothing in it. It's a bump. Anyone disagree with it not being a call? Yeah, I I disagree with that. I've seen. The, I think there was a couple of videos going around. There was one which was a bit of a slow-mo version where you didn't see the extended clip. And then there was a, a sort of full-speed version. And I thought, seeing the slow-mo version first, I definitely thought that there was a contact with the skate and he's taken his leg from behind him. And then seeing the full pace version, I think it probably looks a bit worse. I'm just confused as to how that doesn't get called. A skate on skate, tripped over in the centre of the ice regardless of whether he should be turning that way, shouldn't be turning that way, whatever other plays going on, it, to me, is a pretty blatant penalty. Well, to disagree, Lewis, um, he doesn't get him with his stick. So, to me, that's not a trip. He does go a bit skate on skate, but it's just a skate bump. He doesn't put the skate in front of him. He doesn't push him over a skate or anything. He literally just goes side on side with a skate. To me, that's contact that you'll take... 10 times a game it's unlucky the guy fell I'd seen someone else had mentioned about the ice being wet um, which is sounds a bit daft when you actually say it out loud wet ice right but uh, ice being wetter than normal then um, but to me that's just incidental contact it's not he's not went to trip him um, it's not been intentional you could argue you wanted skate on skate should be called a, a slew foot if you want to look at it that way but I don't think there's anything in that. Yeah, I just... <clears throat> I understand, but to me, it's maybe it's because of the way he turns or whatever, but if if you're skate, if you're a player that's coming from essentially the blind side of another player and you catch his trailing leg with your foot, you have tripped him over. That is, to me, a, a bog-standard tripping call. there's contact, yeah, like there's times where there's contact made, but he's coming from the blind side, the wrong side of him, across the back of him. He then skate touches skate. And, you know, obviously it's completely different sports, but that happens in football and it goes to VAR, that's a penalty. You know, you've, you've tripped somebody over, whether you've done it accidentally or not, it's still a tripping. 
and then it leads to the the two on one and, and the Sheffield goal. I can fully understand why fans would be aggrieved by that. And I think if I was again not a neutral, if that I was watching the Blaze and that happened to a player, and I think most people, if that happened to their player, would be appealing for that to be a penalty. But if you come from the blind side of someone and you go shoulder to shoulder and light them up, whose fault is it? It's the guy who's not had his head on the swivel. So if someone's put themselves in a position that skate on skate is going to knock him over or he loses an edge due to wet ice, that's his fault for giving you the blind side at centre ice. Probably where you shouldn't be doing that. But then that that comes down to the the arguments that people have around, you know, like the cross-checking and checking to the head and boarding and stuff like that, where, you know, if, if we're going to punish people for putting themselves in bad places, like, again, yeah, like, it's not, I don't think he's done it deliberately. I do think it's accidental contact, but he's come from the backside of the player across the back of him and caught his training leg. So the whether that's intent, whether it's an accident, whether there's an onus on the player that's carrying the puck, it's still there's still the contact which has then ultimately tripped him over and sent him to the ice. So in my book, I I would have called that as tripping. Dom? Yeah, I, I well, I tend to agree with Lewis. I I thought it was a whether it's a trip or a slew foot or whatever you want to call it, it just didn't look right. It looks like he's taken the Panthers player down and got a a benefit from doing that. And it didn't look like he'd done it legally to me, but Hmm. maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe, maybe I was, I was perhaps wanting it to be a penalty, but I, I will say one other thing, the interesting, the Panthers bench, there's not, much noise come from the Panthers bench, which perhaps tells you that they they didn't think it was there was that much in it either. So, yeah. sorry, don't jump in on your last point. Like that's what I was about to say was normally when it's a penalty, you can tell by the reaction in the bench. The yeah. guy's not turning. If there yeah. was anything wet in the ice and he's caught a caught a tire, blown an edge, yeah, he's had no, a little bump. He, yeah, he fell. It happens. I fall all the time. Greg, watch me. Well, Mars at the peak, it happens. Ice is slippy. Yeah, uh, no, I I can see that. I mean, I'm I'm non plus either way. It's only the Panthers. I I don't think it's a penalty. I think it's just an abomination of mistakes from the Nottingham Panthers, and he's thought shit, I fucked up here, and when and he falls to the ice quite dramatically. He's got a guy on the wall going. I don't know where he's going. He's back on the the, the bus, and they've left the two on one. I don't understand. Oh, and there's a guy going for the change. I don't know if his hot dog was ready. It was just a shocking piece of play by the Nottingham Panthers and a very good Sheffield Steelers team capitalised on it. Yeah. Now, I, I, yeah, the other thing, I also, I also thought he'd lost the puck before he went down anyway. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it was him throwing himself down a little bit to try and get a call. I don't know. Two, two v two then. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fifty fifty. I'm not, like I said, I'm not that bothered either way. Dom is firmly sitting on that fence. I think, though, the, the interesting thing is, it sort of goes back to what we were just saying with the, the Darnell podcast and sort of fans' in- explanations of the rules and interpretations of the rules. Like, to me, that is tripping to Ross. It isn't one of us is right, one of us is wrong. 
who is that? Who is the person that's right? Who is the person that's wrong? You know, like it's it's a one of those sort of contentious decisions that nobody really knows the answer. And if you do look at the actual rule, it says you know tripping is with a stick or skates, and then in brackets it says slew footing. But then my interpretation of slew footing is different to a trip. So then what's the actual difference between them? And it's it's interesting to sort of have that what you talked about with Tom Darnell in the sense of explanations or understandings and better knowledge and more information available to us to understand why these sorts of calls do or don't get made. I'm all for, and I said it before, when we have these contentious decisions, just give us a couple of minutes to, from a ref's point to say why it wasn't a penalty. And I think we would all be happy. It takes a couple of minutes, guys. Let's, let's hope we can do something like that going forward. Um, I'm going to throw one in there that I didn't say to you about. Um, so it's going to be off the cuff. The Manchester Storm released a statement last week. Well, uh, Ryan Finity did. Uh, he said he was pissed off. They actually put that on their actual statement on their website, which I was very, very surprised by. Matt Ginn was on a view from the bridge on last week. He didn't seem too happy with the statement, but he's not going to slag off his buffs. Storm won their next game against Belfast going down 2-0. They took an overtime point against Dundee and uh, lost in Belfast on the Sunday. The statement we took the piss out of last year when everyone else was putting the statement out. A, if you're back in, and B, as a Storm fan, how would you have took that statement? Happy or not happy? Ross? I have, um, I'll hold my hands up here firstly and say that Ryan Finnerty and I have... Um butted heads to put it nicely um, and up until Elon did me the favour um, I couldn't see any of Ryan Finnerty's content so um, I'll probably get blocked again after this uh, but with regards to my opinion of that as a, if I was a Storm fan I would absolutely love Clan to do something like that see to just put your hands up and say not where we want to be we're going to do something about it don't need to turn out and say we're going to challenge for top four when you've got a shit budget that can't break out your own zone, right? But you can turn around and say this isn't where we are or where we want to be. We're not happy with it. Um, a bit of ownership I totally get from Ginn um, because from Ginn, that's his boss publicly acknowledging that Ginn's not doing or not not got them where they want to be. Um, we can joke about Statement City and all sorts coming from the league, but I absolutely think Ryan Finnerty's got it right there. Um, just I liked it. Okay, Dom. If um, let's face it, if Todd Cowman or the the Free Stooges put a statement out in Cardiff, how do you think that would have gone down? Because your fan base and I love them dearly, as I say, you are <laughs> very split at times. And how would you how would you feel if that was your team doing that? Um, I think I think Todd has put uh, statements out in the past. I think if they were did correctly um then it's fine i think you know every now and again it's nice to hear from the ownership that they understand that you are passionate and invested in your team and they certain things they don't think are acceptable which you obviously don't think are acceptable i.e storm's performance at home to cardiff when they lost 6-1 and basically sounded like I didn't see the game but it sounded like they they didn't put a lot of effort in um so yeah I, I I've got no problem with it um I do think he should have passed it by Matt Ginn before he'd done it 
Um, you'd like to think he did. Um, but given that Matt was quite upset about or seemed to be upset about it, was that actually the case? I don't know. No, I, I didn't get that feeling. Lewis, we, but sometimes you, there's maybe a little radio silence from the blaze at times, you know, and my heart's in it a bit too much and those sort of things are probably not level-headed with it. Uh, what did you think of it? Would you be happy to see if the Blaze did something like that if you weren't happy with the performances? Yeah, I I really like it, to be fair. Um, I like that he's he's addressed the group and he's addressed the overall team performance. He's, he's not named names. He's not thrown anybody under the bus. He's done it the right way. And... Whether Gin knows about it or not, it, it, you know we know what we're going to get from somebody like like him. You know we know what type of character he is, and it doesn't surprise me that it's been released as a bit of a, a wake up call. And if anything, it's a way to to rally the troops. And you don't know what's happened before that as well. Has he spoken to the guys in the room? Has he spoken to them at a training session? have they had individual conversations and it's not going through is a way where, you know what, I'm just going to put this out to the public and hold you accountable now in front of the fans and in front of everybody and hopefully put a bit of a rocket up people's arse. Um, Like you say, you know, from a Blaze point of view, there's been so many games and weeks and weekends where you feel there's a lack of effort or you feel that people aren't trying or whatever. And as a fan, it's frustrating. And I think as a as a Storm fan to see that, it's an encouraging sign that there's somebody there that actually gives a shit and they want the club to be doing well. And he talks about, you know, he talks a little bit in the statement about, you know, the style of hockey they want to play and they want to be physical, they want to be forechecking, they want to be difficult to play against. It's nice that a club is actually saying, like, this is our identity and this is who we want to be. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all for it. I thought Matt did enough in his post-game interview. Uh, second year as coach, I think they're doing okay in the league. Probably would they want a couple of more points? Yes, they've gone 500 since the statement was released. So did it do its job? I don't know. But then they've played the Belfast Giants twice. Uh, I, 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 I'm leaning towards I didn't like it, but it. it May have worked, it may not have. I don't really know if we can tell. And then it will be come proof in the pudding and at the end of the year when players are coming back next season, whether they actually like that, whether it worked from, And that tests the character of those players. Uh, anyone want to add any more on that? Time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. I think I think you're right. But at the same time, like if, a play, if that puts a player off in returning to the club, the fact that, they're being held accountable for their performances. And is that the sort of player that you want at your hockey club anyway? And, you know, if, if if that statement upsets a few people and they decide that they don't want to go back to Manchester, I think the Manchester Storm would go, all right, well, we don't want you back then, if that's the case. If you're not willing to accept, you know, and let's be honest, it weren't the, the harshest of statements, right? You know, um, it was, you know, this these guys need to, dig a little bit deeper and put a bit more effort in and try a bit harder. It's not the most um, critical of, of statements. So if you can't handle that as a professional hockey player, then you need to put no, your I just didn't like the wording. I thought the wording was bizarre. And if uh, hockey clubs had HR departments, they probably wouldn't have uh, allowed it. 
Um, but let, let's let's move on. Let's talk about some teams. Um, we'll, we'll start with the Cardiff Devils. Twelve wins in a row. Last loss was on the third of January against the Sheffield Steelers at home. They have played in the the, the Continental Cup during that stretch. They've had GB uh, duties with Pete Russell. Um, Dom, talk to us about the last few weeks and how's it been? Um, it's, it's obviously been very pleasing to see. Um, you know, I think we were we had a very very tricky December, which ran into the into the first game in in January. We lost seven games out of thirteen in that in that stretch. So we needed to do what we've done just to basically put us back on an evening even keel. Unfortunately, I think it's a little bit too little. Uh, little bit too little too late um but all we can do is keep winning our games and see what happens i think you know it, i don't i don't know if there was issues with with some of the players i don't have that sort of insight in the game but what i have noticed insight in, into the club but what i have noticed in recent weeks is it feels and looks like the players are playing more for the coach now than they were Perhaps during December and and the very early part of January, um, certain players didn't look happy, um, and they do now, and they're playing a lot better as a result. I think they've bought into Pete Russell's systems. Um, the team has got more of an identity to how they play. We, you know, we keep the puck, possession, possession, possession. Try and pass teams off the ice. Um, Sometimes we're not as clinical as I'd like to like us to be. Sometimes we, you know, end up grinding out results because we don't put teams away. But you can't fault 12, 12 wins in a row. Um, so, yeah, overall very pleased. I think it started with the County Cup weekend. The County Cup was a massive boost for the club and the, and the fans. It gets... It, it, the atmosphere for those games was it's been it's the peak of our season for me so far that weekend at home the atmosphere of those games was was amazing i think the effort that the players put in against some really good european teams was there to be seen i think the, the fans bought into it um and off the back of that i i i think that's where this run has come from um Unfortunately, yeah, it may be a little. It probably is too too late, but you know, hopefully, we've secured second position or should secure second position, and maybe we'll get Conti Cup again as a result, which would be uh, uh, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, eyes and ears all look towards Sheffield doing the Grand Slam. So yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Second, it would, but. Be, be that Europe for them again and fair play to the Cardiff organisation and our fans, they back that that Euro-style hockey. Um, we have to mention it because it is the podcast favourite. We, me and John, I said you can't play Brandt and Pichonero in this team. <sighs> have we seen the end of those two uh, at the Devils, especially Pichonero? He doesn't seem to be getting a shift or a game. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think we'll see Petronero back next season. Um I'm not sure about Brandt. He does seem to be a bit of a, a cult figure amongst 
a big chunk of our fans. I I can take him or leave him, to be honest. I think there's there's better versions of him out there. Um I know I like I like the role that he does. Um I just think there are there, there are better players than him that can play that same role. Someone who perhaps can add a little bit more on the scoring front. So yeah, I think yeah. Petronero definitely Brandt probably, but it remains to be seen. I think I think Russell likes him. I yeah. think Russell likes that, that sort of player and that role that he plays. And they they do do that fourth line for the Devils does a job. You know, it may only pay seven or eight minutes a game, but it comes out, it hits hard, it, it pens the opposition into their zone sometimes, and it and it does what it's there to do on the tin. It might not. It doesn't score a lot of points, um, and perhaps that's the difference between us and Sheffield this year. But for what it's there for, it, it does what it, it does what it says on the tin. I I personally would not be surprised if he does come back, um, and uh, as long as it's just the one of them, that's what you need for success for next year. Success next year is going to be tough, as it is. Only one team can win it all. Um, the goalie situation hasn't worked out, let's be honest. Uh, it didn't work out with Booth. I think watching from the outside in, Wall struggles. So how would you approach the goalie situation next year with Bounds being 33? You've got an agent, Mark Richardson, uh, and then obviously with the, the outfield players, it is an agent squad. Joey Martin is, is getting on a bit now. How would you look to put next year's team together? Um, well, you, you know my thoughts on Joey Martin. For me, he's got a he's got a place on the roster for as long as he wants it. Um, whether that that's on the second or first line is a different matter. I think he can do a job on the third line that next year. Um, his form has picked up since he came back from injury, so I wouldn't be unhappy to see Joey Martin back next year. Obviously, you're you're right with um, there's rumours around Batch retiring at the end of the season. Um, Richardson's 37 now yeah. um, whether he's got another year in him or not that remains to be seen I think he may do just because he's playing third line D minutes now he's not playing first or second line so he, he could squeeze, we could squeeze another year out of him um, but yeah it's it's difficult I think you know, Ross probably won't like me saying this but I'd like us to go for someone like uh, Reese Kelly he started off at the Devils in the EHL and um, I thought we shouldn't have let him go. Uh, he would be the perfect replacement for Batch for me, and possibly in the long term, Richie. So, um, yeah, it, it's 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 tough with with the goalie. Wall Wall's a funny one for me because he he doesn't get a good a run of games. So I'm going to throw that out before I say anything. But every time I see him play, he makes me nervous. I don't feel like I feel like he's always got a soft goal in him at least one one once a game. Um now he doesn't play often enough. So maybe that's part of it. You know, maybe he doesn't because he doesn't get three or four games in a run, he, he's not getting settled. He's coming in for one game. He knows he's only gonna be there for one game and he's a bit f- flappy at the start. But once he does settle down, he's not too bad. And to be fair to him against Fife at the weekend, he was excellent on the penalty shots. Um, so, yeah. But with I, I don't think we can go with Bounds as, as a number one. 
I think we have to have on his own. I think we have to have a one A and a one B. Um, so, so we we spoke to Matt Cruz. Would yeah. you take lessening your budget on the outskaters to bring in Cruz and Bounds as a one A one B? Do you think that could work? Not Matt, saying it would. He might have been answering it just to be nice to Cardiff fans, but I, I, I think would, I would, I would, I would league. absolutely have Matt Carruth back. He is a stellar goalie in the league, and I'd love to see him play alongside Bounds as well. I think it could work for both of them, um, but I also know that both Carruth and Bounds like to be the main man. So it, it perhaps depends on whether Bouncy thinks he's getting. You know, he's he's getting on a little bit, whether he can play fewer games and whether Carruth is prepared to play, you know, not to play every game. So, but I would, I would 100% love to see that pair in. And if that meant, yeah, we had to spend a little bit less on our out players, I think I'd take that 100%. Because Carruth, I mean, Carruth wins you games on it yeah. that he, that on his own that you, you don't deserve to win. He's, he's that good. So... Yeah, it's it's interesting times. It'll be interesting to see um, when Russell has a run at it on his own. Yeah, picking his own roster. I mean, I know he he signed some of the players that we've got now. I don't think he signed all of them. Probably not even half of them. So it will be good to see him get a run um, and choose his own players. How many of this squad come back? Personally, I wouldn't want to see more than. Well, I was going to ask you. I was going to, that was one of my questions. If you <laughs> could only have three imports back, I know it's a silly question, but three, that's it. Locked in. Who would your three imports be? Well, that is that is that's quite tough. Um, oh, I'd start at the back. I'd go with um Donahue. Yeah. As as one, um, Ali, as my other, and then the third. Who who would I go for? I mean Crawford stacks up the points. He's a nice passer. He, he yeah. I again I don't think he's. I think he's more of a luxury than a a stellar stay at home D man. I'd probably go with Wild to be honest. Okay. I'd have Wild Donaghy and Ali nice. if it was only three. Yeah, I was being harsh. Boys, have you got anything you want to ask about the Devils towards Mr. Bate? When will you stop winning games, please? Because I don't like it. <laughs> no, that's enough. Well, we've got, we have got Nottingham on Wednesday, so it's, that's when the run Oh, in Nottingham. Yeah, it's Nottingham yeah. in Nottingham. So because... that's, that's where the wheels come off, because they do oh. every year. That's, that's <laughs> the test. Put Right, let's move on. Let's talk the the massive. They've not said that for a while. The Glasgow clan, Ross. How has the last few few weeks been since you were last on? It's probably a couple of months now, but how how has it been? Gary Hayden. Gary Hayden. Well, ignoring. <laughs> well, it has been the Gary Hayden show. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um. You know what? It's been much to a muchness. It was nice to win against you guys um, but I think the thing with this year's team is they're consistently inconsistent um, 
It's been a tricky watch as a fan. Firstly, Dom, you can fuck off. You're not getting Kelly. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't really put it into words other than it's been up and down. It's been... There's been games where you thought, like, see, in previous years, when you go a couple of goals up, you think, right, that's it. You can kind of just defend the lead now. You still somehow piss it away. Um, I don't have any confidence in them closing out games anymore. Um I think for me, this is just a matter of letting Sheffield win it and then getting the summer over with. Um, for me, the league's been over for about a month. Oh, yeah. Longer, probably. The Morgan... they're playing lesser quality teams, though. Mm, well, I do think they are good, though. Morgan and Jeff Batter, have they done enough? Do you think that they will be here again next year? I'm not going to slag Jeff Batter because, in all honesty, I don't really know what he does. Um, he's supposed to be a goal-tending coach and both of our goalies are shit. Um, until we've got Linscog, so God knows. Um, I, I, there's a specialised position. That bit's for David. Um, goalies are weird. Um, with regards to Morgan, I think it's a tricky one to say. Um, from a fan... It's been disappointing the fact that we have the same defensive issues now that we've had since October and nothing's been changed about it. How much of that is on personnel not doing what they're told and how much of that is on Jason Morgan not getting the best out of them? It's hard to say. Did Morgan recruit the team? Did Gareth recruit the team? Is he playing his style with his guys? I don't know. From the sounds of it, it sounds like he's not going anywhere. Um We've already got a couple of guys signed up for next year, which would indicate to me that either he's happy with them and wants them back or someone else is pulling the strings on the team that isn't the coach. Um, I can't say I've been overly impressed with him, but realistically, I don't know how much of an impact he has on those players on a day-to-day because they're playing below their CV. So you've re-signed Pellick and Combs? Yep. Would you be re-signing them as it stands? Those two, Pellet, yes. Combs, I would worry about, and that he's almost an unknown for us. He's not played enough games to to say that he's yeah. done a full season. Um, he is also four foot two, so um, he's going to be injury prone. As far as if something, if someone roughs him up, he's he's not of the size to. He's not built to take tons of abuse. He's, he's a small guy. Um, what I've seen of him of late, and it makes a difference when he comes back. Can I say that the same with Sanch? Can I say about Sanch and Combs are the Sanch and Combs that Dundee Stars had? No, I can't. Um, I thought the pair of them were little pricks when they played against us, and I would love for them to be more of a prick for us. Um, but do you think yeah, it's panic stations Pelican. to announce those signings? Because it was bizarre. Let's face it. It was after it, you it had was, a little skit. Yeah, it was weird to kind of just kind of do it and announce it. Early. I get the idea. The team's saying, look, look, we're not wanting to do the whole one and done with a coach. We're wanting to build a core, retain yeah. things, work on and grow. Um, but at the same time, you can't polish a shite. If you're going to rebuild a core, you need a core that's going to be decent. Um, Pelech, for me, was a, a must. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Home's not really too bothered. Um, maybe controversial, but hey, that's a clip for you. And what have you thought about Linsku? 
since he's since he's come in? I've only seen him live once, um, and he's a bit of a game changer. Um, he gave me a heart attack on Friday night, though. He took his mask off mid-play and started taking a drink, and then the play came the other way. And I was like, can you please put your mask on? That's scary. Um, but he, he does shout at the defence. Um, I think we've got a defence that needs that. But at the same time, obviously, I've never played anywhere near elite level. But I play defence myself. If you've got a shaky goalie behind you, it changes how you play. You can't play with confidence. If you've got one that's solid, barking at you, knows what he wants, it gives you a bit of swagger as well. So it seems like everything's tightening up in front of him a little bit, just from his confidence. But it is early days. Um, I'm slightly concerned that we're taking hand-me-downs from Fife. Well, yeah, he did He did get the game-tying goal, though, in commentary. Uh, he looked okay. Um, I meant Lynn's goal, but yeah, too. Oh, yeah. Well, Lynn's goal, I don't count as a hand-me-down. I count as he was a stopgap and putting himself back on the elite league market because I fully expect him to be back in the Elite League next year if he's playing. Yeah. Um, Gary Hayden, talk to me. What is he bringing to this team, even though he isn't liked by some because of his plus minus? He's not liked by idiots, Scott. Right, if we're going to be honest here now, I, I try not... No, I don't. I don't try not to be not nice, right? I am not nice on Twitter a lot. Um, does he have a great plus minus? No. Does he have a great Corsi, Fenwick or any advanced stats? No. He's a second-year pro coming out of U Sports, joint top of the league in points. Defence you can teach. You can't teach that kind of offence. Um, you pull Gary Hayden out of here and you go, you're not scoring at all. Um, someone tweeted the other day, death taxis and Gary Hayden scoring a goal. Um, it's, would you like a two-way forward? Yes. But see if you could have a two-way forward that scored all the time for fun. He wouldn't be playing in the fucking elite league. No, you wouldn't. So, ignoring the fact that you've re-signed Combs and Pellet, I'll ask the same question. Free imports. Who? Are we excluding the ones that are already signed? Yeah, yeah they've scuppered my plans here. So, you get, you're get getting you're getting a Brucey bonus on that one because you've already said you'd right. have Pellet back. Imports changes things because for me, the first signing I would have is fuck you, Dom, um, Kelly. Um <laughs> We've, we've got a kid we should be building around. Um, I would not be surprised if he's got bigger offers than us. Um, and if he chooses to take them, good on him. As long, as long as it's someone that's going to develop him. What I would be upset for Kelly is if he gets someone that wants that Brit to plug the stopgap but doesn't invest in his ice time because he's got bags of potential. Kid's 22 um, and he's already carrying an import. Um so for me, the first signing would be Kelly. But if we're going imports, Pele, Gary Hayden, um, got a third year pro, and you can teach him how to defend. Like get him into the systems and, and do it. Like he shouldn't be a first line guy, Gary Hayden. No. But if you've got a second and third line, Gary Hayden, that's it's a place to build around. Again, wouldn't be surprised if he gets bigger offers than us. Um. Third import, I would probably be struggling, if I'm honest. Uh, we have Combs, so we'll take Combs. But if I had to choose one, I'm completely rebuilding the defence. Um, probably someone that's more depth. Darian Craighead. Um, probably a bit of a wild card, but um, I think he drives the bus on his line. Um, 
for me, the big thing is retaining the core of Brits, re- redoing the, um, redoing the defence. Um, yeah, the imports is a struggle this year. There's not a whole lot of them that I love. I'm not trying to be funny here, but are you going to make the playoffs? And I only say yeah. this in the fact that there is a resurgence in Nottingham. Uh, they can catch you now with their games in hand. I know their games in hand, but they can. And how much of a disaster is it if you do not make the playoffs? I don't think we'll make the playoffs. Um, really? Why? I can't trust us to hold on to a 3 0 lead. Um, yeah. I, I've got no confidence in us. I say us as if I play for the clan, right? I've got no confidence in Glasgow clan and holding on to enough wins to make the playoffs. Um, how much of a disaster is it? Are you asking me or are you asking management? Because they don't give a shit as long as it's I'm sold asking out. You. Come on, we're not, we're not management. We, that, well, right. As a fan, but you you know quite a few fans, whether you like them or not. But do you feel like it... I've noticed there's been so much vocalness of the clan fans this year. Um, the clans from the Stands podcast, they're, they're at it. They're, they're making their voice known. The OSC's gone missing now, which is not a surprise. But there is more vocality... Vocality a word? I don't know, it is now. Um, between the, the clan fan base. So do you think if you don't make playoffs, there should be that uproar that you should have done years ago? And as you're shouting, you said, you, said you, you're, you don't even know if you're going to renew next year. Yeah, there, there should be. But I, I'm in I'm split about it myself, if I'm on a squad, right? And that this team, if they'd had what they should have, a 4,000-seater arena. I've said it multiple times on here. Too small. Um, arguably, biggest city, biggest potential in the Elite League. Um, they've chronically underachieved since day dot. Um, the closest we've come is that 14-15 season, and I will not slide a single guy on that team. Every single one of them is fucking awesome. With regards to how much of a success it is, um, there's the argument that it's a new owner, new expectations, they're building for the future. I don't buy it with what they've sold. You can't come on saying I want to be challenging for top four and then miss out on eighth place. Um, even if you just missed top four and went top six, you're still comfortably in the playoffs. Um, if you miss playoffs, it's nothing shy of a disaster based on what you've sold. 100%. Um, Dom, Lewis, anything you want to ask about the clan? Putting you on the spot on it. Yeah, well, it's probably you've kind of covered it, but when you when you looked at the clan's roster at the start of the season, I had them finishing top half of the of the league based on their roster, and I know you, nothing is won on paper, blah blah blah. Do you think it's the coach or the players that are to blame for where you are now? It's really hard to say, Don. Um, I know that's a shitty politician's answer, but from the CVs that are available, and, and again, hockey's played on nice, not paper, right? Um, from what people have done previous, I would say a vast majority of them aren't living up to what their CV says they should be. There are still some stuff that, for me, gives me a little bit of a fear watching the the game, like loose passing in our own end. Um, defensively, the team is pretty awful. Um, and I say that again, someone at beer league defence, that's the bit I watch the most. Um, they've chronically underperformed. I can't really put it any other way. Um, 
I can't say I thought they would be challenging for winning the league and stuff, but I definitely didn't think they would be competing for. I, I think I had I probably had you fifth, maybe sixth at the worst. I, you know, based on your roster. Um, and the last thing is um, when when Reese Cully signs for the Devils next year, you're not going to stop speaking to me, are you? Yep, Andrew Kelly. He's getting blocked. <laughs> Lewis, anything? Uh, no, I. I think Ross has pretty much answered my questions. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'd be amiss not to talk about the the Coventry Blaze, Lewis. It's been a weird season. We are. If you break down the table, we will probably finish fifth, fifth. Um, and we're looking, we're still in a chance of finishing third. That's the reality of the, the league table as it stands. We have got a double header in Balfats, which I think will decide whether we can still be in that mix. We lose to the clan. I wanted you to talk about that Friday night game. Um, unfortunately, I missed it. I was being a Tory. I was at the theatre, so I didn't see any of it. But apparently, by all accounts, I would have been pulling my eyes out. And then we go in and put the performance in against the Flames, which is a very big character win. I've questioned work ethic in the last few weeks. I've seen it and I've not seen it. Discuss the last couple of months to Coventry Blaze and where your mindset are, is with this team. We're just fucking weird. Like, that's the only way to explain it. Like, you see, you are right. Like, we could finish third and we could still finish 10th and neither would surprise me. And that's just the sort of team we are. Like, I was looking sort of before coming on and, and take the last three games out, right? So, we went on that run of, was it eight or nine wins in a row? We then lost four games in a row. We then won seven out of eight. We then lost seven out of eight. And we've now won two out of three. It's just, we're just not consistent. And I said, sort of, when I was last on during the sort of midterm review, my sort of three words were Jackal and Hyde. And I think that form just goes to show it. We're just a very weird team. And... It's one of those weird things for me is we're not the Coventry Blaze we used to be, the Coventry Blaze I'm used to. We're not there to be competing for league titles. Could we fluke a cup run every now and then? Yeah, maybe something in the Challenge Cup, maybe in the playoffs. And I think really that's what our ambition is as a, as a club. But it's I'm just a bit bored watching it. It's very same old, same old. And I think watching the game in in Glasgow on Friday, and I don't know whether Ross would agree or disagree with me, I, for I'd say maybe 50 to 55 minutes of that game, it looked like men against boys. We were just outworked, outcompeted. We were physically pushed around, bullied, intimidated, we spent most of the time trying to defend the puck. Our forecheck was pretty much non-existent. It, it was just an all-round piss-poor performance. And the thing was, that at the end of the game, we actually like, you know, actually realised we were we were in a hockey game and put our foot on the gas a little bit. We we pinched a goal, had a good bit of momentum. You know, we pulled the goalie with probably around two minutes left. And and had a good spell, sort of six on five, and you know we were we were looking quite dominant. And and I was actually thinking, you know, we might actually pinch a point here, and it would have been so undeserved because 
for, as I say, 50 minutes of the game. We were just awful. And then sort of leaving the arena, going home, feeling like, well, you know, that was a, a load of shit that I've just watched. You watch the game against Guildford, we go 2-0 down and you're sort of thinking, oh, great, here we go again. And then all of a sudden, you know, we start, something clicks, we, we get one back, we get another goal back and we end up coming from two goals down to win the game. And it, it's just, I don't really get it. And I, I mentioned it earlier about the, the Storm statement, an identity of a club and a style that they want to play. And I think we're just a very one-dimensional hockey club that doesn't really have an identity. We don't really... You think of the Coventry Blaze, you don't think of a style, you don't think of physicality, you don't think of speed or skill, you just think of average, I think is a word to describe us. And as I say, it's a bit weird, you know, we've we won two out of three, we were on a bit of a, a ship run before that. You know, our spells were brilliant, the spells were, were absolutely awful and we're setting fifth in the league mid-table and as a fan of the Coventry Blaze, what more can you expect? You know, we've made a cup semi-final. Will we make the final four? Who knows? We could, we might not. You know, we're, we're one of those teams. It's definitely not a given that we will, but it's also, I wouldn't completely write us off from making the final four. It's just, do you class that as a successful season for us when we're, I think, potentially capable of so much more? I agree. And... It's it is. It's, I was speaking to a couple of people, and it's frustration. I think it, we we just seem a, a lot of frustration with this team, and Danny must feel that. And he said that after the clan game, we were outworked and outcompeted. When I watched the interview, and fuck, I was riled up with that because that isn't a Blaze team. That uh, from the, the twenty odd years from being in the elite league, we always have worked hard, and but then we show it against the Flames. It's it's such a bizarre, bizarre team, and we've got some very talented players as well on this this roster. I want to I want to just ask the the two lads. I mean, Ross, you've watched the play since they've come off the 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 high ends of uh, success, so you've not seen what the play team was. Dom, you have. I'll start with you, Dom. What when you when if I say to you two words, Coventry plays, what do you think now? But for Devils, I always think tough game. Um. But what, what I will say is that this season is the most unblaze like team that that I've watched. Um because there's a couple of games we've played you in, in Cardiff and it's it's been easy. And we've never had easy games against the Blaze before. You know, no matter how where where the standings in the league are, we've always had very tough games against the Blaze. Um, this year we've had a couple which it it just didn't look like a a the normal Blaze team to me a very un Danny Stewart like Blaze team. So, Don, when when you say they're like un Blaze like and not a Coventry Blaze team, that's sort of my point. Is what is Blaze like? Because to me, as a as a fan that's been around through the glory years and probably for yourself, when when I, you used to think of the Coventry Blaze, you would think of winners, you'd think success, you'd think 
the Skydome was a tough place to go and play. You know, the the players we signed were gritty, physical, work their bollocks off types of players. And I, I feel like over the past few years, or and certainly this season, that just isn't there. And it's just we're a hockey, we're an elite hockey team. We're no different to anybody else. Is yeah. my Awesome yeah. well, I think that's you know that's you you hit the nail on the head. The gritty physicality is what I've always you know think of with the Blaze, especially when they play against the Devils, because you know we are the closest team to you, or you're the we yeah, not for you perhaps, but we are for us. Um, and and it is there is a little bit of a, a rivalry there that goes back. Um, a number of years yeah I do remember your glory years unfortunately um so I know that you've got a fan base that expects more um and I think Danny Stewart does get it which which surprises me a little bit about this team this year that you have in that sometimes you're you're very hot and cold Ross when someone says to me Coven Triblaze I think Scott Bendley <laughs> Thanks. I don't know what to say um, to that. <laughs> but aside from that, um, I kind of hard working blue collar team. Not in this is maybe going to be a bit of an insult, but not dissimilar to historic clan teams. Um, well, look that, at our record against each other. Yeah, it's a similar style. It's a similar kind of budget. Um, you've always had guys like. I don't know. The one that probably embodies it just now, despite form, is somebody like Kim Tolberg. Um, where hmm. for me, if I was to steal a Blaze player just now, he would be the one I would nick. Now it's not just because I'm wearing my Team Sweden hat right now, right? Um, but he's a guy that he never seems to have an off night, despite the team sometimes having an off night. Um, I think he always feels like he's getting stuck in, and. For me, that's how plays have always kind of felt was you never really know how they were going to go. Um, you were always going to get a bit of a tough game and they were always going to get stuck in. Um, to go back to Lewis's point about Friday night, um, I'm not saying this because Clan had a good game. Clan had the best game they've had in probably this year, if I'm honest. But that started right at the start with a big, heavy physical forecheck and Blaze just didn't answer it. It was kind of a for me, hockey is about that. If someone comes out physical, setting the tone, you can back down or you can go right back at them. Um, and different teams will answer that in different ways, whether that's the kind of European, we'll, we'll play them clean and we'll beat them off the off the rink or we'll beat them up. But there just wasn't any response at all. And that to me is unblaze like the fact that there's not a... You only need to look at how many of the clan blaze games have went to overtime. Blaze aren't a team that go down without a fight, and they did on Friday. For me, it's just frustration would be the word I would use with this team. And um, oh, I, the, we won when we that game we won against the Flames. Absolutely buzzing after, and the joy it brings to winning a hockey game. To how when we lose one is bizarre for my head. I don't know what goes through it because it's fucking. I, I, I just hate losing, but. The reason why I hate losing is because sometimes I don't feel like we've competed enough and you can accept losing when you put in a hard shift. And that is the ethos. I tweeted about the ethos of a Blaze team. 
is to compete hard. And I think some players need to have a look at themselves this year. <laughs> Lewis. I, no, I totally agree. Do you know, one of my, I think one of our best performances and one of my favourite games of the season was a home loss to Belfast. Mm. It yes. was a very, very good hockey game from both teams. Both teams were forechecking. They were physical. The refs let things go. It was a very good hockey game and we lost it. And, you know, you don't mind losing to better teams, you know. I don't expect us to be beating the Giants week in, week out and the Steelers and the Devils and to an extent, you know, the Panthers. And it's it's that level of compete. And, and Ross is right, you know, the clan I did think were very good on Friday. They looked organised, they looked ready for the game. But we were as as good as they were. We were equally as bad. And it's just when you see that, it's sort of, like I say, it just puts you in that mind frame. And then you go 2-0 down against Guildford and you're just thinking, oh, great, here we go, we're in for a long night. And then all of a sudden, something out of nowhere clicks and we all of a sudden look like the team that we want and know that we can be. And I just think it's it, it, frustration. There's there's just inconsistencies for me across the board. And it's just very, as I say, same old, same old, week in, week out. It's not exciting. I don't remember the last time I was excited for a Blaze game or after a Blaze game where I had that sort of feeling of, oh, my God, that was brilliant. It's been Probably a good few years. I look the, the Sheffield Steelers will never ever agree to this, but I feel like the league as a whole needs to look about whether we try and bring back a bit of physical element to the league and agree it as a whole. You look at the East Coast. I'm not saying I want free fight tonight, fights off face off, but that is a physical league. The AHL is a physical league, it, lads. Uh, I mean, I'll finish, wrap up with the Blaze. Sorry, I've went off a, a tangent there, but would you support that? Physically, hundred percent. That was actually going to be my AOB. When Sorry, no, that's fine because um, picking up from your talk about it on last week on the on the pod, the the lack of physicality in the league is makes nine games out of ten quite dull. It, it's it's just up and down hockey, nice passing. Yeah, some of it is pretty to watch sometimes, but what got me into hockey was the physicality, physical side of it. And yeah, I know the game's moved on, and I know um, you can't, I don't want the, the stupid staged fights at centre ice, but the hard hitting and the, you know, the, the fights that stem from people hard hitting, I'm all, yeah, I think we need it. I think as a league, we need it. Now I don't know if the if the owners in the league will agree. Perhaps they've got a reason for pushing the league the way it's gone. I I I don't know, but yeah, I I, I do miss I I miss the the physical side of the game a lot. I mean, every now and again we get a game like that, usually against Belfast or Sheffield, and you come away with that buzz that that buzz that got you into hockey. And it's not often enough for me. I disagree, Thomas, with regards to the stage fights. Bring that back as well. All of it. Like, 
there's you look at my favorite one, and whenever someone asked me, I was in the office the other week because I missed a game because of rugby, and I gave my workmate my my season ticket. Zach Fitzgerald against Nickerson off the back of a face-off. Now, it wasn't a staged fight. It was off the back of a face-off because Nickerson absolutely levelled Matt Keith, right? Now, this is where Darnell, if we circle back a little bit, was talking about the gamesmanship and the game within a game. Stage fights like the Tony Twist era have been gone for 20, 30 years, right? No one comes on just to fight anymore. But those guys that fought off a face-off were fighting off a face-off because of something else earlier on. Now, I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan. We've probably got one of the most famous nights of fighting in the hockey history from an event that was almost a year in advance. All of that needs to come back. You need to light guys up. You need to fight guys for it. Nothing annoys me more this year than see that Diffley guy taking a cross-check at someone and all the Sheffield fans moaning because Cody saw fed him his teeth. If you're that annoyed about something that you're going to stick up for your guy by cross-checking someone, drop the gloves, sort it out. Stop being a pansy. Play hockey. This isn't Teddy Winks. All of it should be physical. All of the stage fights, all of the hits, all of the time. Um, and folk go on about Euro hockey and how soft it is. Has anyone watched an SHL game recently? They hit hard as nails. Uh, well, on the Euro hockey rubbish that gets that's gets touted around, the, the hardest games, the most physical games I've seen in Cardiff this year were the Conti Cup games yeah. against the European teams. That was hard, physical, fun hockey to watch. And that is why the atmosphere, even though you know it wasn't a full arena, the atmosphere was the best that it's been in any of the games that we've had in Cardiff this year because of the type that of hockey that was played. So, yeah, the Euro hockey crap that gets spouted doesn't doesn't stack up for me. And you look at Sean Allen in Dundee. Yes, he was a bit of a tit at times um, and he didn't really offer much. But you look about his game back when he was went in the coast and he was with... Uh, the old boy Dainsbury, whatever his name is, it, it creates media attention, a little warm-up, gets the juices flowing. You know my favourite line, it does get the juices flowing. But uh, we'll just wrap up on the Blaze section, Lewis, but two questions quickly. You've got three in Portugal Marine back, and what is our final league position? Uh, three imports I'll bring back. One of them, just to sort of go on what you guys were just talking about from a physicality standpoint and a player that can throw a hit and use his body and has that old school element of hockey would be Carter Allen. I think since he's come in for us, he's been solid defensively. He can throw a hit. We've seen in his highlight package anyway that he's capable of having a fight, even though he hasn't in this pansy elite league area that we're in. Um, if that doesn't give you my thoughts on whether it should be more physical or not, then I don't know what will. Um, I'd probably bring back Cozen. I think he's been very solid for us this year. And Brady Norrish would be my other call. Um, but to be honest, there's a lot of players, and this sort of goes back to what I was saying about the Blades, same old, same old, is I wouldn't really care if we bought back any of our imports and I wouldn't really care if we let any of them go other than 
Brady Norrish, I think, is the one he's the one bit of quality as an import that can do both ends of the ice. He can defend well. He offers us stuff offensively. Um, so, yeah, picking three really is just a case of who I've been quite impressed by over the weekend, really. Um, where we'll finish, I think fifth or sixth. Um, just being re- like, I don't think we're going to catch the Devils um, and Giants. I think Guildford will probably be a bit much for us. I don't know whether the Panthers will have enough time to catch us. And it's in a case of whether any of the Scottish teams can do anything Panthers. and put together. The Panthers won't catch us. You well, Fuck the Panthers. We can say that now because they've started winning again. Fuck the fucking Panthers. Well, they've they've found a bit of form recently, and they're, they're well, playing. Online has. There's not, not a, a, it's not an insurmountable gap. I mean, it's not likely, but yeah, it's it's, it's mainly the Scottish teams that we're sort of looking over our shoulders at, and then our own performances. If we can be the team that we were against Guildford, then why not? But, um, yeah. You know, we probably finish fourth, maybe fifth. If we're the team that turned up in, in Glasgow on Friday, then sixth, maybe seventh. Right, who knows with us? I think we will finish fifth. I want to finish fourth. Ideally third, but fourth would be um, fourth would be home advantage in the playoffs, but time will tell. Any other business, boys? Ross? Gary Hayden. Gary Hayden, of course. Dom? Uh, no, we, we you did mine, so that's fine. Yeah, the physical hockey, I wanted to touch on that from from last week, but no, nothing else. Cheers. Lewis? One thing is next week, if if he's back on, David, he needs to admit that the Steelers will win the league. I don't think he is. I think he's still gallivanting. Um, oh. But yeah, well, I might get him to do a video because David is really enjoying himself Next week, he's getting uh, Islanders treatment. I think he has a free bar one night as well, so uh, we can uh, discuss that. Sickening to see he's getting it domestically and overseas as well. So I want, I want verbal confirmation from him. That's that's my call out. That's it for this week's episode. Dom, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, excellent. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Lewis, thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Always a pleasure. Ross, any final words that's not going to be Gary Hayden? No, it's still Gary Hayden. Thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, Enjoyed it, boys. Let's close the gate.